and welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Mission Cigar and Social here in Spring Hill, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Edmond, I'm joined, as I am every week, by Mr. Shane Reeves. Boy, I'll tell you what. When college football season is over, mm-hmm. the, um, the degree of sports is like they keep all the crappy sports back. Until the end of college football season. There is actually water polo on that TV over there. That's Yes, it, yes it is. Who in the right mind watches water polo? I do when the Olympics are on, but that's about it. Uh, but I watch everything when the Olympics are on. Yeah, I, I, I haven't watched an Olympic event in forever. <laughs> the, the, let, me, let me work Trey's side of the street. The corruptness of the Olympic career, committee has caused me to boycott the game. Oh, that, no, I, no, I love the Olympics. I, Even though it is the most corrupt people in the world? It's not the most corrupt people in the world because FIFA exists. Oh, well, there is that. I don't watch that either. <laughs> uh, but, but, no, it is, it's very self-serving. But so many, so many things in our world are. I, I try not to get hung up on the things I can't control. And we'll talk more about that later in the show. All right, moving forward. So what are you going to smoke this week? I'm going to smoke a Norteño because I have not had one of those in a very long time. And I've been here since about 1, 1.30. So I've already had an Enclave and a Camacho Corojo. Oh. So in, in selecting my cigar for the night, I've already spent $300 in this humidor, it feels like. So I, I, was, you know, I, I was just looking for something a little different that wasn't going to get swallowed by my, my previous cigars of the day. Would the Norteño sell better if it had a better looking band? I think the band is gorgeous. I love that band. I really do. Grab olive green it's, and it, Yes, it's, it's olive and cream. It's, but it's understated. It's way very, understated. It's way understated, but I like that. And especially when you consider it's part of the Drew Estate portfolio, which doesn't really do that. I think it stands out. I would like to see that cigar put in the humidor with a more, a more pronounced band, and I bet it would change the sales on it. It might, but the thing is, it's a phenomenal cigar. Oh, it is. And unfortunately, it's part of the Diplomat program. So a lot of places just order it to try to keep in their diplomat allowances. Oh, yeah. And never, never actually promote it. I, in some ways, the diplomat program helps Drew, in a st- Drew Estate, and in some ways, it doesn't. Um, forcing people to buy cigars to be able to buy other cigars makes people less likely to promote your cigar. Yeah, because then it's just, it, it, it becomes a, a, right. a endless cycle. Right. You, you're, we're less likely to say, oh, yeah, the new Drew Estate thing is awesome, as we are to say, oh, yeah, we ought to try to sell some Drew Estate stuff so that we can keep the diplomat program so that we can get the, the league of stuff that the people that don't know cigars ask which, for. Which is so funny to me to hear you say that because, you know, that's you're a huge Drew Estate fan. I used to be. Used to be? A lot more than I... One... Um, either my palate has evolved or they've started producing less of, less good cigars. You know, I, I, I've gone back to the Nica Rustica recently, and it was better than I remembered. I, I still long for the days of the old Liga Number no. 9. It's not what it used to be. I really still like the Norteño. Uh, there's a couple in their line that I still really like, but the, the Hoyas... The Hoya series, the Hoya silver, the Hoya black, the Hoya red. But every except for those that I've just, and the Herrera Esteli and the Norteño, everything else, take it or leave it. They're kind of flirting with Rocky Patel. Everything's starting to blend together. Yeah, and I think as much as, as, much as I think Willie Herrera is one of the best in the business, I think it's because he's been the top of the heap over there for so long that everything is starting to just blend to his palate. Right. He's not been challenged. Right. He's not challenging himself. So, yeah, I can I can definitely see that happening. But I don't know. I've just, I used to be a huge Drew Estate fan. Now I'm just kind of, uh, I'll take them or leave them. Yeah. It was, well, even, even the Underground Shade that I loved, the last one of them I smoked, I was like, eh, it's a cigar. Yeah. Yeah, I almost grabbed the Underground 10 tonight because I haven't had one of those in a while. But the 
the recipe on this, the San Andreas wrapper over Honduran binder and Nicaraguan fillers just sounded like something that was going to hit me in the right place today. So, speaking of bright, shiny bands, I am smoking the last Freud Superego in the shop. So, we ordered the Freud Superegos in July of last year. They promptly got here in January or December of this year. And we've sold through them, and we've had one left. And I said, or yesterday, I said, okay, if nobody takes that last Freud Superego before tomorrow podcast time, I'm smoking it on the podcast. All right. It's an excellent cigar. It's Dominican filler, Nicaraguan filler, binders Dominican. And the wrapper is a Dominican Corojo seed. But this is a really complex, well-flavored cigar. I don't know why they made Freud look like Colonel Sanders. Yeah, they kind of turned him into a hipster <laughs> a little bit with that yeah, quaffed. But, but look how nice their website is. It how, is a very how nice well, website. How well anointed, appointed their website has become. I like the way they, I like the, the iconography they use on the cigar to show you how it's blended. That was That's pretty cool. But these are excellent cigars. They come in about 20 bucks each. They're a little bit higher priced than mm-hmm. what normally we did. So I think we ordered three boxes, and this is the last one in the shop. And we were talking today is, okay, do we reorder? I said, no. It's got to be something special. This is a cigar we cannot keep in the humidor all the time. This has got to be a cigar that comes in here once, twice a year so that people will buy it. Because if people can buy it any time... They won't. They won't. Yeah. It, well, it's, it's like Liga. You know, Liga used to be one of those that you only caught it once or twice a year, and that made it special. And now that you can get it all the time, it doesn't It doesn't have the same gravitas. Yeah, and so we decided we'll wait and order more of these probably at the show this year, which happens to be in March, so that should work out better. Yeah, that'll but, be good. Okay, well, I like my Freud. Why don't you talk about Espinosa? Yeah, let's do it. So Espinosa is uh, kicking off 2024 with a new Sumatra line. This is a bit of a departure for Espinosa. They've never worked with Sumatra before. And as we were talking about before the show, Sumatra is a hard cigar, uh, a hard leaf to get right. It has a lot of unique flavor, but it's it can be overpowering or it can be completely subdued by what it's blended with. And I think Espinosa does a wonderful job with their blends. And I think they have the staff, the knowledge, and the experience to be able to pull this off. And at the, um, so it's made at the Lizona Cigar Factory. And Eric Espinoza, via press release, said that basically it's just another example of us finding the right cigar to fill a void in their portfolio, which I like hearing a manufacturer talk in those terms. Because, I, you know, I've been here three nights out of the last four. And I've been talking with Mark about, you know, gaps in the humidor, what what needs to come in, what we're missing, what, you know, those sorts of things. And because he values my opinion and I appreciate that. But you don't usually hear manufacturers saying, what are we missing? What can we put our particular spin on? What can we provide to the market that will elevate our position among smokers? And I like that they're thinking that through. Yeah. You know, the Laranja and the Cremo, we got them in here, and they've done fairly well. They're kind of off and on. They, you know, they have their moments. Um, the Sumatra, I'm interested to try. This could be, you know, I've had more bad Sumatra than I have good Sumatra in my life. I will say, as cigars go, I've definitely had more bad Sumatras than good ones. But when you get it right, it's wonderful. Absolutely. It's, it's playing at the $10,000 table. When you lose, you lose. But when you win, you win huge. Right. And and, go ahead. And I'm excited to try this. Um, but I don't know. I, I may be hung up on labeling tonight. And their label doesn't look that impressive to me. Well, it looks like the way they label everything. Yeah, it could it could be a little more flashy, a little little more pomp and circumstance. I, see, I, I don't think that's necessary all the time. And I think... Yeah, but it's got a little bit of metallic silver in the band. It's purple. It's. I it, think the problem is it reminds me too much of the JFR. Because JFR has already got the purple and white bands kind of nailed down. I think this is going to get confused well, Premier, for the JFR stuff. El Premier Mundo had, had the purple back in 2008. So Yeah, but that it, was like 
almost 20 years ago. Yeah. But, but they've been around. I'm saying they're, they, you know, purple's not anything new. I do like they're offering it in three sizes, a Robusto, a Toro, and, Toro, and a Gordo, just straight across the board, ranging from 11 to $12 a stick. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be excellent. Mark is over here looking now at our... All right. All right. Looks like Mark's going to sit in with us on the okay, second well half you of the can, show. Okay. Well, you can pause, you can pause it now. And we can bring him in. Okay. Let's do it. Hold Give on. Us. You know, I love it when podcasts do that. When I'm listening to a podcast, they say, "Okay, we'll do that," and then it just keeps on talking seamlessly. Yeah. It well, makes me feel hope. like I kind of time traveled. Yeah. We um, one of the podcasts I listen to is the Ralph Report with Ralph Garman and. It doesn't happen often, but sometimes something will come up and the show will de- derail a little bit and he'll plug in a little audio bit of, your call is important to us. Please hold on while we... <laughs> yeah. Well, Mark Collins, owner of Mission Cigar, decided to join us. We were actually just talking about you asking Trey about cigars that he thought we should have in the humidor. All right. As we've been talking about this Espinosa Sumatra. Okay. And I will say this about Mark. He's the most demanding business, uh, demanding man of his reps in the cigar business. I can believe that. You got to demand from them, right? You got to expect something out of somebody. Well, you can just tell them what you want, and if they don't do it, fire them. It don't have to be. It don't have to be any more complex than that. Damn. And all the, you know, this morning we were talking about a rep whose line is floundering here, and I said we got to get in touch with him. We got to tell him what to do. We got to tell him here's what you need to do if you want to keep your space. And Mark's like. Well, let's ask him how he is first. No, I don't want to know. I don't care how he is. I want his butt here selling cigars, or I'm going to replace him. It's no, a relationship No, 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 no. My point was this. Let's be clear. I don't want to ask, call somebody and ask them to come see me because their, their product is not doing well. I want them to be in here. But I started out with asking how he was. That was my... That's that, like your wife saying... Well, you should know. You should know. I shouldn't have to tell you these things. You should just know. No, no you just tell people what you want. That's my. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? My um, hang up. No problem. Well, Your southern hospitality. Well, that. But it's my. Uh, oh shoot. He's not from the south. Well, it, it grows oh, on you. Oh, careful, careful. <laughs> oh, what is? I can't think of what I'm. I'll think of it here in a minute. But anyway. Go ahead. Okay. So. So. We've finished up with Espinosa. Let's finish up what they're going to retail for. 11 to 12 bucks. 11 to 12 bucks. Good price point on those cigars. Yeah. I like that they're bringing them out at that. Thank goodness somebody's introducing a new cigar and not making it $20. Yeah, that's a that's a refreshing for sure. And uh, what are you smoking, by the way, Mark? This is a Perdomo 10-year Maduro. Wonderful cigar. No surprise. I feel like you could have gotten that with two guesses. I, I, yeah. I know I could have got Perdomo. Yeah. yeah. I could have got that far for sure. <laughs> but, you know, when your taste buds are a little off, it's probably nice to have something familiar. I guess, you know. <laughs> and also, I, I okay. like what you like. Since you pulled the show over, what you got? Okay, so here's my question for you guys to debate. I've, I've, I apologize for my voice. I've had a cough for a while. I've, I've broached this with Trey, and I've broached this with Shane both separately and so I'm looking and so anybody listening who's a cigar shop owner my question has been do you bring in an, if you've got space do you bring in a new brand that takes a lot of work to get people on it or do you go deeper with somebody that you already have a brand that is already out there that is established what is what does it look like that's best for the shop money says hold on a second before you answer Trey Money says Trey and I's opinion on this are dead opposite. Okay. Because, and I'll say mine first since I since I started the bet, and I can trust you to be intellectually honest. New brand all the way, going deeper. Just you just end up with so much of one brand in there. We're known we're known enough as the Perdomo joint now. We and there's get, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Perdomo drives the bus here, brother. That's because they're the only ones in the seat. That's not true. <laughs> you, you push everybody is, out the emergency exit. That is absolutely not true. Everybody's had their their opportunity, but they drive the bus. I, I so, and I told you this last night. I have seen, I have seen shops do both, and I've seen shops be successful doing both, and I've seen shops not be successful doing both. But I wish I had put a dollar amount on that bet, Shane, because I completely agree with you. You agree. Okay. I think, I think more variety 
to a point, you can get to a point where there's so much different and competing in there that it becomes, you know, death by a thousand choices. But, yeah, I, unless you are, you know, a, a, a dedicated house shop to a brand, I think expanding and giving, you know, like what you guys have done by bringing Freud in, by bringing in Big Sky and some of these that people have never heard of, you carve a niche out for yourself in the industry, at least geographically, of being the place you can find stuff you can't find anywhere else. And that's what gets people in the door. Okay. Now here, excuse me, my, my, my question becomes, it's, it's not, uh, it's a, maybe a little esoteric. Okay. What is more profitable? Because maybe what's best and what's cooler is not as profitable. Does that make sense? Because if you're bringing new brands that people don't know, it's a lot of work. It is. To get people on them, to get people to understand them, to get people, and there's however many different, there's a thousand different places, things we could bring in, as opposed to a brand that people already know, and it's just a different offering in that brand. That's kind of where I'm... Well, I think it comes down to, you know, your your people here aren't paid on commission on the on what they sell, right? right you know, right. You, you're, they're hourly employees. So the effort that goes into selling any given cigar, if you're having to hand sell it, walk in the humidor every time, or if it just someone walks in, walks out, your your cost benefit on that is the same. Um, the effort is higher, but from a from a purely ROI standpoint, I think it's it really comes down to volume. Well, it does. However. If where, where that is right and where that becomes wrong is that the ROI, yes, per cigar is the same. However, the effort that it takes, and then if it doesn't catch on, you've got a pretty big investment yeah. on a brand that maybe nobody knows and nobody cares about. I mean, we've, we've had them, yeah. and we've tried a lot of different, you know, quite a few different things that haven't worked that we really worked hard on trying to get a foothold. So that is that's that's I think that's the question that cigar shops all over the world have. Well, it's it's the constant question because here's the thing: your best profit comes from putting an ass every eighteen inches. The more reasons people have to come in here and smoke the cigars and enjoy the cigars, the more people that are going to come in here that are going to smoke and enjoy the cigars. And if I know that all I'm going to come in the humidor and see is Every line of Drew Estate from Corona Gorda all the way up to Super Double Gordo. Um, I'm not coming back. I'm co- I'm going somewhere where I can get something interesting and exciting and different. So while it's more work to bring in multiple brands rather than just going deeper with any particular brand, it's also far more rewarding and it makes your customers want to come back and say, "Hey, man, you got to you got to run down to this shop." I mean, how many times have I said? Oh man, Bellmead's awesome because they they'll have stuff that nobody else will have or do stuff nobody else will do. Yeah, All well, right. oh, so we haven't talked about that about this on the show in a number of years. Uh, but there was a, a concept we used to talk about all the time at the old shop, which is humidor fatigue. So obviously, the the biggest hurt you can do to your business is having an empty humidor. But second to that. Even if the humidor is full, if every time I walk in there, I've got the same selection of it, nothing new is ever coming in. Now, it can be it could be as much as new brands from or new lines from the same brand or new brands. But it's that excitement. It's that it's that sort of unconscious vision that things are growing and things are happening in the shop that attracts people. Okay, you and I, I think all three of us would agree with that. Excuse me. Now, the question is, does USA smoker feel the same way? Does every smoker think that? Or is that the cigar really who go deep with cigars? Or do people, the majority of people, not care? So, I've had a thousand people say, that's the cigar I like and that's the one I want. And I've had a thousand people say to me, boy, I'm glad when something new comes in, I get to try it. I've never, ever, ever had anybody say, boy, I wish the Drew Estate pile was deeper, or I wish the Rocky pile was deeper, or I wish 
this or that product was deeper. I've never heard that from a single smoker. Well, I, I, I think that's a little disingenuous because what someone will say is, I really love this brand, but you don't carry this right. in it. Yeah. Never heard it. Oh, I have. You know, I, I, oh, sure. I've said it. Oh, sure. You know, I, sure. We, we were talking about um, my father's cigars the other day. And my biggest complaint with my father is that nobody carries the Jaime Garcia. That's because you can't get it. Well, but we've we've had that argument with my father. No, I know, but you. So that's the way the conversation you're talking about manifests itself. You know, I wish. You know, I love. You know, I I love AJ Fernandez, but if you didn't have the H Upman by AJ, I would be saying I wish the AJ bank was deeper, meaning I, w- I would like that cigar, for example. Which your box is empty in there, by the way. I just ordered some. <laughs> They're on their way. Be here tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I think I think it, it's to Shane's point, I think it's about 50-50. You know, you're in, but that's also kind of what you want, right? The people who sit in here day after day are going to be a mix of people that smoke the same thing over and over again. That's why Perdomo drives the bus for you because you've got the people that come in and they smoke what they know, but then the fringe of that are the people that come in looking for something super exclusive. I would say from my experience that most people that come in here, I'd say 75% of people that come in here stick with a couple brands. They They may venture out and try one, yeah. Of something else, but most people stick with whether it's Padron, Perdomo, whatever, Mo, Fuente. Most people kind of have their sweet spot where they stick with and they'll venture out one out of every maybe three or four, yeah. try something else. But I think people, um, I, that's just what I've seen in here. I think every shop's going to be different. For sure. And I think that's the thing that makes it really interesting is that we're trying to figure out that mix. Right. That's and that's the the genesis for this question is what is that mix? And I don't know that any cigar shop anywhere in the U.S. has that mix figured out, because that's what I hear from all shop owners. People get hot on one thing. You get a bunch in, then they move on. Oh, yeah. It's just like feeding a toddler. Yeah. And so you bring a new brand in and it's a pretty big investment sometimes to bring a new brand in and they'll like them for a while and they're not bad. But then they jump back to what they normally do. Yeah. And so that's kind of the question. And I, I like bringing new things in. I really, really do. I mean, I think I like trying new things. And, and so, but that's the, the whole, again, the, the, uh, to get back to this question is, do you go deeper with Fuente? <laughs> do you burn your employees? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> do you go, do you bring in another three or four facings of Fuente that's very popular? Or do you go with whatever you know i think for me the problem with going deeper with a brand so let's say you've got 15 guys who come in and they only smoke fuente so you go deeper with fuente and all that happens is those same 15 guys are still just smoking fuente they just have a bigger selection but they're spending basically the same money on the same brand now true now if it's a company like drew estate where you get a benefit in terms of diplomat status or whatever from that there can be some other advantages to it. And I think you hit it on the head when you said that, you know, this is a question that every shop owner in the country is asking because you can't, there's no way to get it perfectly right. No. Well, I think it's always a combination. You have your staples. Um, You know, we're going to sell a lot of Perdomo here. Right. Mark is groomed a clientele to sell a lot of Perdomo. That's okay. And the thing, but... Having new stuff coming in makes people want to come in. I think so, too. Makes people want to try different things, try new things. And I think that's ever bit as important as having the others. I don't think going deeper, I don't think if we add more Fuentes in there that it's going to sell any more Fuente. They're just going to buy this Fuente instead of that one. Exactly. Well, you know, we've had this discussion about the Perdomos. Did the 30th increase Perdomo sales, or did just people that were buying the 12th start buying the 30th? Well, here's, here's the thing. Excuse me. Yes. However, when you bring in a new brand and it doesn't work, who eats it? Well, the worst you're ever going to do is break even. Maybe. I mean, you cut the price of the cigars down 
and clearance them out, you've still broke even or even made a little. It's not like you. It's not like it's a product that has such a tight profit margin that there's no room to to make that work. Yeah, yeah. but breaking even doesn't keep the lights on. No. I mean, no. it's still it's still a depending on which manufacturer. In a lot of the boutique guys, it's not a huge investment, but but it, it doesn't look good because it takes up space that something else could be in there because it takes 90 days at least to figure out if something's really going to sell or not. Right. That's what we give it, 90 days. And if after that, it's taken up space already that may something else could have sold if it's not selling. Even if I dump them in the bin, you know, it's still, it's, it's money that is held up for three months and, uh, you know, but I'm okay. With, I don't mind taking risks. I don't mind trying new things at all. Well, there's not a business in the world that hits 100%, 100% oh, of the time. No, not at I've all. I've got one of the greatest businesses in the world, and I don't make money on every plan. I there's, understand. You know, it's like remodels. If I draw on a remodel, it's because I know it's to get a better profit in the front because I don't make any money off of remodels. Well, I certainly understand. And, and again, I, I'm not averse to risk. I'm not averse to trying things at all. And as you know, we've tried, I don't know how many different ones that, that some have worked, some haven't. You know, some that you thought that were really going to work wouldn't. Some that I thought were going to be great didn't. that didn't work. And that's just every shop, right? Every shop kind of has a different... Maybe it's on us that we didn't, or the rep or whomever didn't really come in and, and really push it. I don't know. But at the end of the day, the customers, you know, do decide whether... Uh, but I think, I think let, me, let me back up. You're talking about, let's just, we, we mentioned Fuente. I do think that there is real value in having a great selection of a great product other than just having short story and double Fuente. Yeah. I think that it, when you have multiple facings, you have a better selection of said product. I do think that makes a difference. I think that makes people buy more, that makes other people attracted to the brand. So I don't, I, I, there is value in a wider and deeper selection. There is, but there becomes a point of diminishing returns. Certainly. And where that is, that's the $100 million question, right? Exactly. Where's the diminishing returns? Yes. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Yeah, and I think it's when you when you increase the brand and it's just the people that buy that brand anyway buying something different in that brand. And that's a really hard thing to track. That Ultimately, that's really hard to know because, you know, I don't know who would have bought something else and they bought a whatever Right, and that, that's the thing, you know, and you do have to get and getting feedback back from cigar guys ain't easy. Yeah, everybody's um, got their opinion, right? Yeah, well, that's, and everybody likes the cigar they're smoking right then, for the most part. Yeah, for the most part, very few times do people just, oh yeah, this is a terrible cigar. But you know, um, was in here of a guy this morning. He was smoking a factory smoke. And he said, "Well, this thing sure is burned crooked." I said, "Well, then go buy a real cigar." Right. <laughs> yeah. I said, "Don't buy a four dollar cigar and complain that it don't perform like a twelve dollar cigar." Right. I said, "Go buy a real cigar if you don't want it to burn." You know, and there's there's some of that. Now that's one of the benefits of me being able to advise people, but not being an owner. I could tell somebody, "Go buy a real cigar." Yeah. Right. Mark Mark can't really look at somebody and say that. Right. Now <laughs> let me let me let me this whole idea about and, and I'm just going to uh, you know. Everybody knows that's, that I'm a kind of Perdomo guy, right? Right. Now, when I went to Nicaragua last year with, to visit their plant, they have an amazing system that they do. And they spelled it out to me that if you do this, this, and this, you will increase your sales exponentially. And they are not wrong. I just got a call from Nick today thanking me for tripling our sales. Oh, wow. And that's and and certainly we have a few other cigars, but we did things the way they want us to do them. We increased the brand a little bit, and we did some things. We got the thirtieth, and we got the twelfth, and that certainly helped. But at the end of the day, increasing that—I mean, the numbers speak for themselves, right? But if you applied those same principles, that level of commitment to any other cigar, would it not have increased them also? But we have. No, nothing's ever been pushed in here like Perdomo has. I, I don't push anything. 
<laughs> I really don't. Stand back, lightning no, no, on no. the way. <laughs> we got a lot of us. I mean, you know, we've got a lot of things that that have a pretty good. Um, I don't go in. I don't. I don't make anybody smoke anything. I ask them, and and um, I really okay, don't. But am I not? Am I not being honest in saying that eight out of ten people that you go in the humidor that say, "Hey, I'm looking for a cigar," walk out with a Perdomo? Well. But I mean that's just that's just human nature though, right? If people are asking what you're smoking lately, what you you know, the person yeah. that that works here or runs the place, if someone's asking their opinion, they're inclined to believe that opinion more than they would somebody else's. But I really, but I, I hear what you're saying, Shane. But I really, I I think I'm intellectually honest enough with the customers to ask them more questions than that. I do not just say, get a Perdomo. You know, I really, really don't. I, I ask them what they want, Nicaraguan, Dominican, or whatever. And then I really try to, if they don't have any idea, then maybe I will because of whatever, then, then I probably will. But, I mean, I, I sell, I'll sell them anything. I want them to well, be happy. And also, I don't want the listeners to think, I like Perdomos. I don't think no, Perdomos are bad. See, everybody thinks that. Because I don't love them, everybody thinks I don't like them. That's Okay. <laughs> But that's they're, the they're beauty. Good, they're a good cigar. That's the beauty of this whole thing. That I'm just saying that I, I'm intellectually. I, I believe that I'm intellectually honest enough to not say. I don't push anybody that way. I really, really don't. If they don't have any idea what they want, and they want a, a Nicaraguan, then then yeah, then I will say here's here's a range of cigars that are very very good, in my opinion. But I mean, we certainly we sell a lot of other brands too. You know, if they want to. A different a different level. I'll, I'll sell Placentia. I don't. You know, it doesn't matter to me. Well, and at, at the end of the day, the heart of your question is: Is it better to go deeper, or is it better to have more variety? The answer is always going to be more variety, even though it's it's difficult to do. Okay, it's is easier that, on the owner to go deeper. Is that it, shop specific, or is that, or do you think that's generalizing? I think that's generally in every shop because if you look. At the biggest shops, they are the shops that have the most selection. The shops that grow have the most selection. You don't see shops with stagnant humidors that go deeper that grow. Hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> I, yeah, I, I mean, agree. No, it's yeah. Yeah, stagnant. I agree. Stagnant. Now, see, stagnant. Are you are you stagnant if you increase a facing in one brand? As opposed to another brand, you're still growing. Your your I, your. Uh, I don't think that growth is as visible to your average customer, okay. though. They, okay. Because they they see the wall of Fuente or the wall of Perdomo or Drew Estate. Sure. And yeah, you may have three new boxes on the shelf, but it still gets swallowed by the wall of Perdomo, the wall of Drew Estate. Okay. Whereas, you know, you put. Um, in fact, I didn't even notice what brand it was, but uh, the acrylic boxes on the in the center of the humidor, those are new. Right, the El Septimos? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I didn't, but yeah. but it, it caught my attention just seeing something new and different in there. They've been in there for like three months. Okay. Well, I, was, well, I noticed it They hadn't been today. on the centerpiece for three months. They just got on the centerpiece last week. Uh, no, 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 no. That's not true. Uh, no, that's not true. They've been there for a couple months. No, because the Goldies were sitting there last week. Yeah. No, the Goldies were always in the middle. That's what I'm talking about. That middle. Oh, uh, I think you're talking about on the on the side. No, in the no, middle. No, the, yeah, that middle table. Okay, the middle table. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. Those, I, the, the, I, and it's that funny. Was a, yes, those are three new, three new facings. Yes. Yeah. So that was something I okay. I noticed. I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. Yeah, and it's something that makes that people do notice. They yeah. say, "Oh, okay, they're they're trying something new here. They're working with something new." Now, yeah. granted, in that case, the fact that it's a clear acrylic box with some you know, really, really noticeable color accents certainly helps. Whereas if you did it with the, you know, Norteño there, which is, uh, according to Shane, very drab, olive, and it, it probably wouldn't have the same impact. Do you not but. think we'd sell more Nortenos if they had a better band? Well, I, I, I don't know. Oh, come on, commit. <laughs> come I on, make I, a commitment. I don't know. Make a commitment. I don't know. <laughs> It, it's just a very fascinating discussion yeah. that I love having because, you know, we're obviously, I think every cigar shop is trying to figure out what that mix is. The is. good ones are. Yeah. Well. It's always evolving. And it's human nature to want it to be easy. Yeah. If you could stock the same 115 facings of cigars mm -hmm. in there and sell them until the end of time, 
That'd be easy. It'd be very easy. Yes. And, but that's and that's human nature to try to strive for that, and it just don't work that way. Agreed. You know? Agreed. It's kind of like you know we talked about when I lit this super ego at the front of the show. Now this needs to be a cigar that's in the humidor once or twice a year. That way it'll sell. And I think there's a lot of value to having brands like that. Right. You know, we talked about Mark and I talked about Kristoff today. Hey, it'd be yeah. nice to bring Kristoff in on a limited run run through them, and then let them go again. Because it's been about a year and a half since we had any Kristoff in there. And, I'll, and I think yeah. that's... How can you miss me if, if you never go away? Right. Right. I can't miss you if you never leave. Yeah. And I think that's a, a part got to be a part of the strategy, which unfortunately makes it a pain in the neck on the guys doing the work. But yeah, nobody said it would be easy. <laughs> but speaking of pains in the neck... I'd Let's give your voice a, a, a little bit of a break. We're going we're gonna to step away for just a second. That's a nice way of saying Mark is out. <laughs> no, you can come back with us. No, after you're, the, you're, you're more than you're, welcome to stick you around. You can hang with us after the break. <laughs> just kidding. Thank you all. All right. Thank you. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting in a triumvirate between the well-dressed socialist and the chairman of the Perdomo board. The guy, you, the guy you held hostage and tied to the chair over What's there. a triumvirate? Triumvirate. There's three of us, three points, triangle. Well, I got the tri part, but triumvirate? Yeah. It's a meeting of three. A meeting of three. Okay. Any meeting of three can be a triumvirate. Okay. I learned something today. I'm and not I, well, very, I wasn't going to call it a threesome for crying out loud. Yeah, I'm not a very <laughs> smart man, but you're you're actually. I will say, you okay. never give yourself enough credit for how smart you are. <laughs> and I'll, I will say that just just as your friend, you know, you you all the time get frustrated in here with me because <laughs> you you think I'm I'm, I'm in, indicating you're less than intelligent. <laughs> you are not. You're you're a very smart man. Oh, you're sweet. So now, right. now, 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 hit me. Now it's time to settle yeah, your yeah. ash. <laughs> hit me. From now, six- just just for those three people that are listening, I'm now smoking a wise man. What is this one? Natural. The Gilga Gilga the, man. We Wednesday. We'll Wednesday. We'll Wednesday. I never have learned to say that. We'll Wednesday. Yeah, it's, it's the wise man. Yeah. Just and so I'll- you know, I I do smoke other things. He I does was, not. You, good you th- were just making a point. I was not good, good things, but other things. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a good cigar. Thank you very much. You're outnumbered. Hey, we can cut you a deal on a bunch of them. Yeah. <laughs> right we, only, we only have one left. Oh, we do. Okay, <laughs> good. I noticed they they were in the poker pack the other night. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. But, bring it. Bring it, Shane. Okay. From Cigar Journal, Rocky Patel cigars reach Antarctica. Okay. First and foremost. Is there? I, there's nowhere on the planet I want to go worse than Antarctica. Really? I want to go to Antarctica. I, I think that would be great. Yeah. I think it'd be an awesome place to go smoke a cigar. You know, and I mean, this dude but is... But would li- you smoke a Rocky Patel there? Probably not. Okay. That's the question, isn't it? Oh, no. It's a, It's really... Here's the thing. We've had this debate on the, on the show for a long time. Okay. So, if you're sitting on a beach in Mexico with a margarita in your hand, do you really need a Padron? Because it's already pretty darn good. Shouldn't you smoke a Padron? On, on death row. Yeah, on a day. Yeah. <laughs> when, when That's things good, are, Shane. When That's things good, are bad is when you should smoke the good cigar. Nah. And when things are as good as they get, how much are you, are you cheating the cigar? You should always smoke a good cigar. Always. Always. But occasionally, you're going to find yourself with a bad cigar in your well, hand. Well, there's a, there's a good, better, best principle at play, I think. And, and yes, on your best day, you don't need the best cigar. You can settle for a good cigar on the best day. You save the best cigar for the worst day. Okay. If I was smoking in Antarctica, I'd probably be smoking in Africa. That's exactly what I would have guessed for that, you. Yes. That would probably be the cigar. If I was going to sit down here with Squeaky the Penguin... Which I finally did figure out why everybody looks like they were drunk. They're all trying to... This guy's dressed in a tuxedo because he knew he was going to be smoking of a penguin. Because he is drunk. That's right. He wanted to ma- He wanted to blend in. He didn't want to be underdressed for the penguin. Right. He... Um, interestingly, I was just thinking about this. If I were smoking on Antarctica, I'd probably have a New World. 
And it's interesting that we both chose continent, continental-themed cigars to smoke on an- Antarctica. <laughs> what would you smoke in Antarctica, Mark? I would be a champagne. smoking Perdomo. a champagne. <laughs> yes, a champagne, 100%. But I think, so here's the thing. And this is where this article leads to. And, you know, we can get a little bit. I guess we should say more than just there is an article. So, um, Peter Rizzo. Peter Rizzo. The resident doctor at the Davis Station, which is the chief kind of center uh, scientific base there on Antarctica. Okay. And he got a box, a couple boxes of Rocky Patels and finally got to stand there in Antarctica and smoke a cigar. Did he order them or did somebody just send them to him? I, think I don't he, think Amazon delivers to Antarctica. <laughs> I mean, was that his choice or did they just uh, show up? No, a, he, he made a point to bring a couple of okay, boxes. All right. I'm sure he went home to thaw out for a couple of months. Okay. And then they, he said, hey, I'm going to bring a couple of boxes of cigars. Okay. Which I wonder, what's the tax like? I mean, do you ha- do you, <laughs> are you transporting across state lines? How does that work? I think it's well, a smuggle. Interesting. So he bought them in Australia. So I would imagine there's a... I'm whatever you probably pay for freight to Antarctica just based on weight and how you get it there. Oh, well, that's got to be on the uh, U.S. Air Force plane that brings supplies or what, whomever does. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's just whatever sort of. Uh, well, I mentioned you're allowed personal items. Sure. He threw out oh, a couple yeah. pair of drawers and put a cigar in there. Sure. Yeah. And I'll. But what's so, he smoking? Which Rocky Patel? It looks like the uh, vintage '99 from the band. Yeah. Yeah, it's a vintage 99. That's a pretty good stick. Uh, it's a Rocky. It, for a Rocky, yeah. yeah. If, that, if, if that's your thing, like if that's a cigar you like, again, I think that's a perfect sure. setting for it, for sure. It I does. like Rocky Patel. They just didn't sell here. Well, so here's the question. Okay, bring it. Where was the best place you smoked a cigar in 2023? Ooh. In the year 2023, wow. where did you have your favorite cigar? And everybody knows mine. Mine was when I was in Alaska, sitting with my yeah. dad by the fire, enjoying the beauty of nature and my, fa- my time with my father and a good cigar. I mean, that, that goes. And actually, if I had to let, single it down to a single cigar, the day I flew up there when I'd been flying for like 15 hours and finally get to the camp and I get that first Africa out and it's like... 8 o'clock, and it's still broad daylight, and I fire that thing up, and we walk around the camp and see the moose and the all of the things, and a couple of mosquitoes tried to carry me off, but I was able to smoke <laughs> them out. So, I've, absolutely, that was my favorite cigar this year, my favorite cigar in a location. For me, it was I had a New World Dorado in San Juan with my brother-in-law, and that was probably my favorite. You know, my brother Where was it? In San Juan, Puerto Rico. Okay. Yeah. So my my wife and I went up there with her brother and his wife, or down there, I guess I should say, and just had a great vacation. He smokes the occasional cigar. So one morning uh, that we sent the wives to the spa to get massages and all that, and we headed into old San Juan to find a cigar shop and, and um, smoke a cigar. And it was just great spending time with him in, in that location. It was That was probably my favorite of the year. I will say, excuse me, aside from being here, I I enjoyed a lot of his, like you said, Shane, visiting my parents in Florida, sitting out down in the Everglades on a a deck, seeing the sunset, and just kind of hanging out with my dad and just enjoying a good cigar. That was probably my favorite because because, because I know those times are are not going to last forever, right? Right. So the, I really enjoyed the relaxation of watching the sunset and down in the Everglades and either that or being out on a boat with them and, and, and enjoying a good cigar on a boat fishing. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, I think, and I think that's more what this article is about is enjoying a cigar. Some, you know, when does the cigar add something to your trip? When does that... Yeah 
take that cigar to the next level. And yeah. it's interesting because all three of us, we were about the place, but we were also about, about the, the people. people. Yeah. 100%. Exactly. The person who we were spending the time I think smoking with. I think it's always about the people. I really do. I think that accentuates the, uh, the relaxation, being with people you love, and, and just really being able to sit down and just enjoy relaxing wherever that place is with people you love. Okay, Trey, so before we white wrap, as we get ready for our last topic, we were going to do the top 25. I want to put that off for a week because I've got a question for Mark about cigar shop running. Well, we were going to also talk about where in 2024 is going to be the best. Oh, that's true. Okay, yeah, we'll cover that, and then i got to ask Mark an okay. important question. And uh, So in 2024, I haven't got my full travel itinerary together. But I do know that we're going to, in March, be the show time. And then probably in February, I'm going to go down to Florida with my parents. And I plan to get on a cruise boat and go back to Alaska. By the way, I'm going to need y'all's help to sell Glenda on this. (laughs) There's a Bigfoot cruise that goes to Alaska. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, That's going to oh be goodness. tough. That oh everybody, I mean, there's going to be speakers oh there. It's, you know how they do these themed cruises? Yeah. Oh I have my found goodness. a Bigfoot cruise. Oh and I've goodness. told her. So here's a quick quick question. I know I'm burning time tonight. We're going, this, this is going to be the first two-hour cigar cast. Um, is it better, should I tell her it's a Bigfoot cruise? Or no. should I just say, hey, no. I booked us a cruise to Alaska, honey. And then no. when she shows up, act surprised. Act surprised. Uh, it's th- kind of like, here. Here's, let me tell you. Back in the day when I used to travel all the time, I would get bumped up to first class all the time. And I'm not proud of this, but I sort of, many times, I would get bumped to first class and my wife would not. Right. And I would always act surprised. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, honey. It's the same thing, right? You're like... Uh, like oh, okay. So so you think, you think go for the bluff. Go for the bluff, right. You got to go for the bluff. You know man. I'm not on that same boat. Oh, no. Yeah. I know, I know yeah. you. Go for the bluff, man. No, on, honesty. Up no, 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 but no. I'm gonna tr- so my goal is I want to visit Sitka, Alaska. Mm-hmm. And to smoke a cigar in Sitka, Alaska. That's my 2024 goal. Gear? What's special about Sitka? Sitka, Alaska is in a unique place. Like today, it was warmer in Sitka, Alaska than it was in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, where is it? And uh, It's on the south corner kind of between Canada and Alaska. It's okay. just, it's interesting. Though. It's the one place in Alaska that's, you know, it was 37 degrees there today. Okay. As opposed to the 30 degrees it was here. And if you, if you look, Sitka, Alaska is the one place that I think I could live up there, even yeah. through the winter. Okay. Because right. it wouldn't be too bad. So where are you, where's yours going to be this year, Trey? You know, it, it's interesting that you pointed out, you know, it, if in this past year that the people had so much to do with, with what it made it. I, I think my favorite cigar experience of the year is going to be in about three weeks. I'm doing something that I've never done before. I'm going camping in January by myself. Wow. Yeah, I'm just, I'm taking, I, what's that? I've done that. I love it. Yeah, so I'm not like hiking, backpacking in. Right, I'm, I'm right, right. loading everything up in the car, but it's it's just something I've always wanted to do. And I'm just, this these past three months work-wise and sure. life-wise have been so, I just, I need a break from everything and everybody. I get it. Found a place up in near East Tennessee, kind of on the, the eastern border of Middle Tennessee. And... Uh, rustic camping, no power, no bathhouse, nothing like that. Well, I'm sorry about that. I've got a well. That's that's camping to me, and I. But it'll have. I've got a wood burning stove that goes inside the tent, so I'll okay. be nice and toasty warm. It's right next to a WMA, so I'm thinking about spending a day and trying to find a rabbit up there or two. And WMA, a wildlife management area, public okay. hunting land. Okay, and so. But I just, it's, I, I have this vision in my head of it being completely restorative. Yeah. And there's going to be something about being completely alone with nature and smoking a cigar. Also, I have not done this in, since I was in college when we used to smoke in the apartment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wake up one morning. I'm going to make my coffee on the stove in the, 
in the tent, and then I'm going to lay back in bed and smoke a cigar laying in bed. And that sounds nice. amazing to me. Let me tell you, when I retired, now this was right, when, right before COVID hit. I retired, and I did the same thing. I went out. I took my dog. Just me and my dog went out for four days and just, just us. Yeah. It was the best time I've ever had. It was restorative. It was, you know, I just retired. I needed time alone to, and it was awesome. So I think you'll love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping to make this more of a regular thing. And, yeah. I think and it's great. So this will be my first time doing it. So a lot of my equipment is new that I had to buy to make this work. Cause I normally go, I go camping twice a year with a big group of guys. And so everyone has a little bit of kit right. that works for everybody. So I've had to upgrade a little bit. So once I figure out I can do this going forward, I'll probably talk, take the dog with me. I think it's a great idea. You're, you're going to love it. So where are you going to smoke yours, Mark? My what? Your be- favorite cigar this year. Wow. You know, we have a trip, I hope, planned to Greece. Excellent. That we're going to go visit my wife's parents. Uh, not parents. My wife has a great friend who lives in Athens. Mm-hmm. And so we're we're thinking about going. We're we're planning on going to Greece and then to Northern Ireland. So that's where I can't wait to smoke a cigar. They have a place in the Mediterranean that I'm going to smoke a cigar in the Mediterranean. That'll be good. Yeah, that's that's my vision for the year. Excellent. Awesome. Okay. So my my other question. Hey, everybody, tune in next week to get the um, top twenty-five list. I want to establish once and for all. Bring it, Shane. When, and and I know there's mitigating circumstances to this, so let me fully explain. When is a person entitled to a replacement cigar? Now, let me fully explain. As the owner of the shop, I know you have to look long-term. Of Okay, it's obvious this idiot cut it wrong. It's obvious that he could smoke through this and he's being nitpicky. It's obvious that there's nothing wrong with this cigar or... It's obvious that there's something wrong with this cigar, and it needs to be it needs to be replaced. What we, I would love for there to be a definition of when is it okay to ask for a replacement cigar in a shop? Wonderful question, Shane. You know, I don't differentiate. If somebody comes to me and says, shows me, that, hey, this there's something wrong with this cigar, I just give them another one. I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to um, argue. I'm not going to try to defend anybody. I'm just, I'm looking long play. Even if I know it was their fault. But taking all that out of account. Okay. Say that it was some, say that you had carte blanche. It's not going to affect the future of your cigar shop. Okay. What would be the line in which, or okay, let me, let me approach this from a different angle. Maybe this will make a little more sense. When, if you were in somebody else's shop, when would you take a cigar in for a replacement? If the wrapper blows up, then I will take it and ask them, say, hey, look now, at this. Now, at what point? I think pretty early. I think the wrapper must explode in the first third of the cigar to yes, be entitled to a replacement. I, I, I agree with you there. Because if, if your ham-fisted abuse of this cigar yes, I agree. has halfway through the wrapper's fallen off, that's on you. That's not on the yes, cigar. Yes, I agree with you. That, that's my if – it, if it happens right away, if it doesn't happen right away, it's not going to usually happen unless you cut it wrong, unless you drop somebody drops or whatever. But, yeah, if it blows up pretty quick, then, then I'm going to say – the interesting thing about that is I've never, ever been given a new cigar if, if that's happened to me in any other shop. Really? Really. You know, it's, it's interesting. I, I have found rec- at the other shop I go to, their selection's fairly limited, so I've been smoking a lot of the Juarez by okay. Crown Heads. Sure. And I've probably smoked say 12 of them in the last two weeks okay and i would say on eight to ten of them once i get almost to the band the back end blows out of them okay almost every single time now i agree with you though at that point it's it's not really 
it's not really replaceable at that point because I've smoked half the cigar. Did you prorate it? <laughs> like well, you're getting pro, like okay, I've had four of them, and the back quarter blew up, so I'm now entitled to yeah. a fifth one for free. Yeah. But it, but that's that's kind of the thing though, because okay, a I've smoked all the way, I've smoked halfway through this cigar, so I'm not entitled to replacement. I get that, but I also now have enough evidence to suggest this is a defect of the cigar. Right. But then it's on me for continuing to buy the damn thing. So here's a great yes. Now now we had this happen. I won't say the brand, but we had this happen this week or last week that a customer had two or three in a row of a certain brand that were blowing up. And after two or three of them, you know, you say, okay, what's going on here? And we tested and we found out that they were really dry. So, um, and he showed it to me originally. He said, hey, just so you know, here's what it looks like. I'm going to try to smoke it. But we found out there was a problem. So you cannot, so the point is you cannot ignore. Right. And some people say, well, it's perfect when you got it. Okay, well, whatever. I don't know what happened. But sometimes this is a hand-rolled thing. They're shipped all over the world. Right. Sometimes stuff happens. Yeah. Now, that being said, to further make Mark uncomfortable, are there certain customers that seems like all the time are wanting their cigar replaced? Well, (laughs) in this case, it seemed that way, but further investigation showed they were correct. I just think there's some guys that are far more quick to... Okay, here's the point of the conversation. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Everybody listening out there, don't pull the trigger on that too often. Yeah. I think you should exhaust all of your resources prior to requesting a replacement cigar. Well, I and I think kind of going back to your, you know, at what point do you say no more or what point, right. you know, what's it's the a, criteria for... It's a, fair, it's a great question. Yeah, and I think... I think you're entitled to one a quarter. Quarterly. And even, and even that, I think, is a little too much. You know, that's a, that's a great, that's a really great point and great question that, that I struggle with. And, and we just don't argue, right? We right. Just, yeah, which, I mean, there's which I no think fruit is the right move. Yeah. But still, your point is that if one guy is smoking out of the same box, no problem, the next guy has a problem. You yeah. know, you got to kind of look at, you yeah. got to kind of look at things. And say, okay, what's going on? What's going on well, here? I just yeah. noticed in here, as I've been observing, the guys that have problems are the same guys all the time. That, that is true. And it don't matter if I cut their cigar because I've stepped in. I've stepped yeah. in and said, "Hey, won't I cut that in for you? Let me show yeah. you how this neat, this neat cutter works." Well, yeah. I think a lot of people squeeze their cigar too hard. Yeah. I, I think that's part of it. Um, and a lot of people don't have a sense of their cigar. They're just sticking it in and out of their mouth. They don't have a sense of, okay, I got a little bit of wrapper fl- failure up here. I'm going to puff a little gentler. Or it's burning crooked. That may mean I'm smoking too quick. Or They just brute force it the whole right, way Right. They just, yeah. just suck it down yeah. like, like a pledge with his first beer. Yeah. Yeah. And all. So, okay. Well, I had to ask that question. Okay. So, we better rate our cigars, and we'll cover real content next weekend. All right. This was fun, though. I yeah, enjoyed I like this. that. I was yeah. glad, Mark. I loved it. Thank you for having Mark me. Mark stepped in. So, Trey, rate the Norteño. Uh, six. This is one of my favorite cigars in their line. I absolutely love this Six cigar. out of what? Seven. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. The Freud is a six and a half all day long. All right. The There's only one reason that this Freud is not a seven. The, the price tag? The price tag. Yeah. If this was a $16 cigar, I would give it a 7 every time I smoked it. Is it 20 22 20 19 Yeah. Oh, 20 okay. by 19 the time change. you pay taxes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, it's a, at 20 bucks. it's just a little bit overpriced. I'd say 3 or 4 bucks overpriced for All this right. particular cigar. But the flavor's excellent. I still give it a 6.5. So I, wanna, I want to... And a, a further podcast, want to talk about that. And I know you've talked about it, but the 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 relationship between price and value and what's good, what's not good. Does a fifteen dollars cigar should it be better than a twenty dollars cigar per brand or whatever? That's a fascinating thing for me because 
I get those questions all the time. And we kind of talked about it a little bit last night as well. Right, so right, yeah, right. no, we'll definitely have you back on in a couple of weeks and we'll we'll talk through that because yeah. I think that would be That's that's fascinating to me. Yeah. Well, how do they get a hold of us, Trey? You can reach us at facebook.com slash the cigarcast. We're on Instagram and Twitter at the cigarcast and email info at the cigarcast.com. Oh, by the way, Mark, what do you rate the Wall Insight? I'd say it's a uh, four and a half to five. That's a, that's about what I would rate it. Yeah. Okay. That's a pretty fair rating, for, and and that's an unbiased rating, by no, the way. No, and and honestly, I I like that cigar, and I still I say it's about a five. Like yeah, and, I do and, like it. Yeah. And I I think it's a five because of price point. Yeah. M- most mostly. So. Well, thank you everyone for listening this week. Until uh, next week, have a great cigar and thank you. Bye bye.